Hi, my name is Marianne, I'm from Newcastle-upon-Tyne, and this episode is brought to you by MPW Membership. Did you know that all MPW members get access to monthly group catch-up calls with the rest of the MPW community? This is a perfect resource to help keep you focused on your goals and to give you support through your music production journey, no matter what stage you're at. This is a free feature for all MPW members. Take advantage of this awesome feature and so many more using the link musicproductionforwomen.com forward slash membership. Uh, what am I saying? This is MPW, 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 the podcast with your host, Zyla Aria. Cool. A podcast about music production for the everyday musician, where we learn from experienced studio engineers and each other. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the MPW podcast. I'm your host, Zylo Aria, and today we are joined by the lovely Lena Tatonen. So Lena is a producer, an artist, a YouTuber, an educator, and she runs a super entertaining uh, and very informative YouTube channel called LNA Does Audio Stuff. If you haven't checked it out already, you should definitely uh, do that and subscribe. And she also runs an organization called uh, Equalize Music Production and has also previously been a university uh, lecturer on music production. So she does loads of different things. So, so great to have you with us, Lena. How are you going? I'm very well, thank you. And just to mention, I also make music <laughs> as of a, on the top of that. <laughs> yes, that's Under true. name LNA. <laughs> Under LNA, yes, yes. Actually, on this topic, it's good to mention that I'm currently in a phase musically, uh, really working on my creative confidence and workflows. And one of the perspectives of this is that I'm as much as this is my job to do music and do YouTube and all this, my perspective right now is to not put labels or is manage my expectations. So my focus is uh, making music that I love right now. And what comes out of it is then I see how I want to market it. But my aim is not to make an album, not to make an EP, not to make a single. My aim is to make songs that I love. And then when I have songs that I love, then I will see what comes comes out of it like how marketing is and I think this is something that we might talk a a lot about today is that why even making different decision or like that kind of goal can actually affect your creative confidence a lot when you are working for sure for sure so yeah I mean that's that's a great kind of segue into what we're talking about today and and, (laughs) yeah you're so right I guess And, and we'll get into it a bit more later as soon as we put the pressure on ourselves to be creating a particular type of body of work. Um, Maybe that's a a bit counterproductive, but I love that your aim is to make music that you love because that should always be the aim, shouldn't it? (laughs) Oh my God, it's so much that, and especially because I really lost my creative confidence for so many years and now this is like finally getting it back. So the last thing I want to do now is to destroy it again with uh, this un like needed unnecessary pressures that I don't need to put on on it right now so the focus is fully just to enjoy like find that kind of childish enjoyment of just making music and making sounds and just not not care about you know stats or money or just like find it almost like a way to use it fully as my expressional tool like self-expressional tool instead of anything else. 
For sure, for sure. And yes, so I guess uh, I might as well mention our topic for today, even though we've yes. kind of been talking about it already, but which is uh, creative uh, workflows or music production workflows and creative confidence, something that uh, I've seen you speak about a bit already uh, on your YouTube channel and, and things, Lena, and it's so, I found it really useful um, as well. So uh, really excited to get into this with you. And you are writing a book currently on this topic as well. Mm-hmm. So something that you are super passionate about. So very, very yeah. excited to have you chat about that uh, with us today. So before we get into that, actually, I would love to hear a bit more about where things started for you in music and how you got to where you are today. Well, it's a long story, but I'm trying to, <laughs> you know how I like yeah. talking. So I'm just going to try to sum it up. So basically, I grew up in a very artistic family. My mom is an artist. So I grew and my brother is a musician. My bro- other brother is an uh, artist as well. So we are a very bohemian artistic family. So I grew up in a theater. I also grew up in um, a conservatory cre- uh, playing violin and all that. So my family, we didn't listen to music. We made music. And... I, we literally have a piano in the lit- middle of the house. Uh, we don't never really had good speaker systems, so like music, listening to music has never been the thing. So I actually am quite out of like the <laughs> the knowledge of a lot of like famous bands and stuff. But I grew up just making it and singing it and doing all kind of stuff. So that's kind of like the the why I make music even though when I was 19 I swore like I'm never gonna be a musician oh I hate music and I was like ah I would like no I'm gonna be an actress and then I moved to Glasgow I found studios and buttons and synthesizers and I was like oh actually this is quite fun so then I became a music producer and yeah and then it's just been a journey then kind of finding the balance between a music producer my old self who's like constantly composing and that's that's where I also found the love between how creative confidence and understanding what happens because also my father's a psychiatrist and my uh my brother is also the artist one is a, also a psychiatrist so then I have this nerd side of me academic side of me and the artist side of me and then I'm like I'm like a psychologist hobbyist if that would <laughs> that makes sense so then I'm putting like psychology and all that together and that's where I am now I started YouTube channel three years ago I'm still doing that yeah was a lecturer for a while for music production it's just been a whirlwind. I'm I'm just a person who just gets excited about everything. Literally just before this, when we started recording this, I was like, oh my God, I just started this other project. And it was so a uh, sound design for like a dance company. And I'm like so psyched about it. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to find time for it. But it's like super <laughs> exciting. So I think it's just uh, a lot of th- stuff, but it's just, uh, I think it's led by my passions and the fact that I just get excited about everything. <laughs> I love that. I love that. that. Did that did that work? <laughs> yeah. And I think I think that was great. And I think for anyone that's watched your YouTube channel, that excitement just comes through so strongly and uh, like I think that's one, one of the best things um about how engaging your content is is that like yeah, <laughs> I, can, I can see that. I can feel the excitement. And it's well yeah. even yeah Sorry, like even after like three years, over three years posting once a week, 
I still only want to make me, uh, content really that I get excited about. But so I kind of like, I really need to listen. Like, what do I want to make today? So yeah, it is, but it's fun. Music music is fun. Music production is fun. Being a nerd is fun. It's so, it's so much fun. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. And it's funny how so many people, uh, you know, that grow up around what their families are doing, whether it's, I don't know, something like, law or accounting or something and they're like I'm never gonna be that person and for you like it, you were rebelling against being a musician which is just oh, such no. a random thing <laughs> no because no, I was like oh I hate this world because well it was very like you know Finnish conservatoire world I went to music oriented schools and stuff it, it can also be very competitive and as much as it's amazing like I'm so lucky to have had that background, but it's also very competitive and it also is slightly elitistic. So I was not just fitting into that world, but then I didn't realize that actually like music in Finland as well as the rest of the world has so many different worlds inside of music, you know, that I just needed to find my own place uh, in it and I found it from Glasgow electronic music scene and that was more for me than example maybe the Finnish uh, classical and you know pop world okay so it was just it's just like you need to find your own own place in music I think yeah yeah Awesome. No, that's great. And, uh, and yeah, and great to hear all, all the other things that have kind of, that you, you've got yourself into, uh, especially with the new kind of sound design project and, and, uh, and, uh, everything else that you're doing, uh, around your own music as well. So, uh, I guess it's, it's just a part of being a, uh, modern musician is doing loads yeah. of things at once. <laughs> oh. Oh my god! Yeah, my, my revenue streams are like fifteen different places, so it's like it's yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, for sure. So today we're talking about um, uh, production workflows and creative confidence. So maybe if you can define for me, what do we mean when we talk about production workflows? Yeah. Okay, so personally, I believe that there's three type of workflows uh, that come to play that we uh, w w when we create. So especially when we create music production. So the one that the most familiar one that we are uh, familiarized with is the almost like the order in which you proceed to put stuff into your door or into your song. Uh, so example, oh, we're going to do vocals first and then we're going to put drums and then we're going to, you know, that's a workflow. But also there can be workflows inside of a door or in studio. I might put, you know, this FX pedal first and then I'm going to put this one and that one. You know, it's like almost like a plan of techniques that you put in a certain order. So that is one way that we the most traditional way that we see a workflow. And quite often workflows aren't we see in it, we talk about them as non-pre-planned workflows. So we almost think like it's this habit you, that you have. And quite often uh, artists have been asked like, what is your workflow? And it's almost this natural thing that people do automatically. And some people always do the same workflow. Some people variate it. But I personally believe workflows are something that you can plan and you kind of should plan, especially if you feel stuck, if you feel like uh, the workflow is not happening naturally for you that day, that's absolutely fine and it's also normal. And what the uh, planning workflows can do is also take away the, the fear of 
uh, blank page fear, you know, that the fact that, oh my God, now I need to do that. Something like I need to create something great right now. But also it takes a fear away that, you know, Will this be the best hit song? You know, the things that you, instead of focusing on the process, you focus on the outcome. So it can take away, planning a workflow can take away that as well. It can also take away the fact that, uh, the fear that will, will I be happy when this song is uh, finished? So example, let's say you planned yourself 10 step workflow. In the end of that 10 steps, are you going to be feeling like, Yes, I finished the 10 steps, even though the, the, the song is a bit shit, but I finished it. So I feel a sense of accomplishment that I created a track in 10 steps. Do you know what I mean? So there's like managing expectation, managing outcome. So uh, creating goals, uh, creating uh, steps can really take away a lot of that fear as well as take away a lot of pressure. But... So that is the most <laughs> common way of understanding workflows. But I also believe that there's actually three workflows that are uh, part of. And the first one would be your mental process. So that would be your psychological process. And that's your workflow. So what is your goals? Why are you doing it? Why are you making music today? Why are you doing it? So it's almost like creating yourself a plan uh, in a really realistic way why are you doing it? So example, if you want to create a, a pop song that is on the top 10 of the radio plays, that is absolutely realistic plan. But you need to knowledge that that's your plan. Because if you kind of don't knowledge it and you try to create a pop song and then you don't manage that expectations or you don't take the steps that it takes to create a top 10 pop song then you might get disappointed because you're not done the emotional work that it takes beforehand to kind of prepare yourself for whatever is coming so the first step workflow is just your emotional expectations the second one is the action plan so okay let's say you want to make this top 10 pop song uh radio top 10 whatever so how do you get to that point? How do you get to that song? So you already kind of realized it emotionally, that's what you want to do. So the next point is, okay, I need to maybe reserve myself a day where I study what the top 10 songs sound like. Then I'm going to prepare myself a, a list of instruments that they use. And I'm going to prepare myself a session and time to be in a studio to put those together. So it's an action plan on what you have decided to do. And that is, again, action plan is equal, same as workflow <laughs> because it, it, it kind of all ties together. And then after this plan, you have the third section, which is actually the, the most traditional way that we understand workflow, which is actually creating it through the plan that you already created. So I would say there's three workflows and in three workflows, you have three separate plans First emotional, then action plan, and then the practical part of actually making the song. And that is basically, in my mind, what workflows and cre uh, that enhance creative confidence come from. Okay. I never really thought about it that way, actually. And that that's such a, that's a really great way to put it into those three sections. So starting with the first one, maybe. So you were talking about the mental side of things and managing your expectations. Where would you start in building a workflow in that 
section of, of the creation process? Yeah, so th- this is the hardest one, definitely, because you kind of need to figure yourself out and you need to be very uh, emotionally aware aware of what's happening inside of you. And one very good way of doing this is going to therapy. I'm not even kidding. This is like, it's a tool. Therapy is a tool for you to figure yourself out and why you feel certain way. It's not uh, only a resolution when you have an issue, but it's a tool for you to really be aware of yourself. And if you feel like you never really looked inside your mind, then example, I would recommend extremely much just book a couple sessions with somebody. And it's almost like, you know, booking a singing lesson. That's how I see it. It's like, instead of uh, focusing on practicing your vocal techniques, you're practicing and focusing in your mental health and what's happening in your brain. So throughout that, I would focus on keywords and uh, key insecurities that we might have, which is uh, validation, need for validation. Why are you making music? What do you want to say with it? Why are you doing, <laughs> Why, like, uh, who do you want to please with it? Do you want to please yourself? Do you want to please your mother? Do you want to please, who? who is it that you're making this for? So example, or something that really affected me for a long time was that I grew up in a classical world where electronic music was not a thing. And my mom, I was growing up in a world where my mom was constantly saying, oh, that thumping noise music, like it makes me so furious. So obviously when you hear that kind of saying a long time, lot in your life, then it makes you feel very weird of making that kind of sounds, (laughs) making that kind of music, because you're constantly thinking, is your mother going to actually like it? And for me, big realization was doing a workflow, basically understanding for myself that when I create and when I get that voice in my head saying, my mom is not going to like this why I'm not living here for my mother in a way like you know the things I do like she will be happy whatever I do if if I'm happy with it so you know I'm not make I should not make music just to please my mother (laughs) so I started making electronic music another things that you need to think about is fear things that why are you afraid of are you afraid that you're gonna fail Are you afraid? And then if you feel like you're going to fail, why do you feel that there's a failure in creativity? So it's focusing on things like that. So uh, also perfectionism. Where does your perfectionism come from? Understanding perfectionism. Why are you you so uh, focused on certain details? And that comes usually from a fear of failure. Why are you afraid of fear? So I would start from there. figuring out some of your f- biggest insecurities. I know how great that sounds, but that's like, it sounds scary. But then same time, it's almost like if you want to make art that is art, very authentic, very you, uh, and so that you can fully enjoy the process, you can fully enjoy the outcome so that you can do all those things. It's almost necessary to really answer those questions as much as they could hurt. And that's why I would definitely recommend doing that with somebody who is a professional to guide you through those. So personally, that's what I'm doing. I go once a month to therapy. I talk there all kind of things. And actually, last time I happened to talk about uh, the fact that I struggle uh, showing anger. And I was talking about the fact that actually I've been thinking about making songs that reflect uh, anger in beats. And it was very fascinating to me because I was like, oh, 
wow, you know, I got so inspired about that. And I was like, oh my God, yeah, I want to make music that might be something that people don't even expect from me. You know, like, so figure yourself out and then make yourself a plan emotionally. Example, when I create every single time that I hear myself saying those things to myself, I note them and I uh, put them away. So that is a workflow. It's a workflow for yourself to give yourself structure and rules when you create. What should you say to yourself emotionally when the insecurities or the self sabotage comes in and says those certain things to you? You're not enough. This is not going to work. You know, your mom is not going to like it. Uh, all those like aspects. And that is, you're going to create even step-by-step guide, list for yourself of those sentences that you keep on saying to yourself and you give yourself an answer. And every time you hear yourself saying that thing, you're going to give yourself the answer that you planned. And that is already a workflow. And I bet if you actually work on this, it will help. I've been working on this for a couple of years now and I'm still practicing and I still struggle with those things. But as I said in the beginning, this is uh, my journey right now is just to focus on fully putting this process in full practice. And I'm already seeing results because I've started to enjoy music so much more. And I started to actually find the kind of childish enjoyment in making sounds without any of the pressures and using as a self-expression, for example, anger, if I want to. And it's about self-expression and not about the views or the streams or about any of that. That can come later and there's valid and it's fun, but they're not part, those thoughts are not part of my process. They come after. Oh my gosh, there is so much there, Lena. And <laughs> it's amazing because like, if any artist manages to overcome everything that you said, I feel like we can like end the episode right now. That that's that's everything. <laughs> well, that's the but, thing. It's like it's it's mm. it's probably not possible to overcome any of that. And we change constantly. So we have new stuff that kind of happens. But the fact that you start the process now and not only when you are like lot older, the more chance you have time to actually enjoy creative creativity and it's a process and you know finding these tools for yourself the workflow to to talk to yourself in a certain way when you create is massive yeah I think I need to book a psychologist appointment for myself actually (laughs) good go for it (laughs) yeah well I mean on that did it take you a while to find the right person and also did you try and find someone who maybe has that that works around this area? Yeah, so there are uh, quite many different type of uh, therapists. Psychiatrists are people who give medicine. <laughs> so they are not ones that you should book right now. The ones that you should book is the uh, people who uh, have a psychologist degree. So they are called psychotherapists. Then you have either psychotherapists also or just therapists who have like a course that they've done where they become therapists, but they don't have a psychological degree. So personally, I, because I, I'm a bit of a hobbyist, I went to somebody who really knows psychology so I can talk about in a certain concepts and stuff. But I think for 
personally, when you're looking for a therapist, the most important thing is that you're just looking for somebody who you can relate to, who you feel like is really listening to you and who you feel comfortable almost like a friend or sister or a brother or whatever that you feel comfortable with. They are probably, they, the things that affect your creative confidence when it comes to your creativity uh, are all related to things that normal psychologists or therapists talk about. So uh, it doesn't need to be a person who is specialized in creativity because everything to do with creativity is to do with your self-worth, uh, with your, you know, need for validation, uh, your, uh, va when I say need for validation, I mean your emotions being validated. So when you feel something, uh, is your, what you need to hear is that validated. So example, that's what therapists do. They reflect and they validate what you feel. And that's how we also process things. So normal therapist usually does be, they are able to talk through these things and through these things, you will understand how they're affecting your creativity. So just figuring your normal things out, you will figure out how that stuff is. So how did your parents talk to you as a child? How, what's kind of, you know, any kind of trauma you have, all that will affect every single aspect of your life will affect your creativity. But you, so that you can figure those out, go and talk about just your normal things, your normal insecurities, and all that will reflect to your creativity and for you to kind of make better music. So kind of talk about your childhood traumas to make better music. That's kind of what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. All right. Cool. No, that's good. Step one. Um, we, we've got <laughs> Step that. Step one so. done. <laughs> <laughs> Booked a psychologist. We've worked out our childhood trauma. Done. Okay. So Yeah. Now... And they make a plan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, make a plan. Okay. So say we we kind of are getting behind our kind of mental insecurities and we're working through them and then, you know, working out what we need to say to ourselves to, to overcome them as much as we can. Like you said, I guess it's not going to disappear altogether. Then we get to the action plan stage, I guess. So tell me a bit more about that and what would you do at this stage? Okay, so our action plan usually is that we just sit down in a, when we get inspired or when we have time or time is a big thing. When we have time, we sit down in our studios and start working. And what happens, you get inspired, suddenly everything in front of you overwhelms you, you get your insecurities coming back, you try to fight them, your sentences that you plan are not working, you get overwhelmed and you stop <laughs> doing, you put your laptop away and then you just go and procrastinate on Instagram for a while. Okay, so that that happens to all of us, right? So this action plan is not working <laughs> and that's why we need an actual workflow that works uh, for our action plan. So for this, I like uh, talking about uh, the psychological theory called divergent thinking and convergent thinking. So divergent thinking is basically a time where, you know, you, you know, like when you're in a shower or somewhere and you're just like, you just get these great ideas and you get very inspired. And that's where you usually run to the studio or buy a piano or whatever tool and you start like putting out ideas and stuff. And that is called divergent thinking. So it's a way of just pulling ideas without judgment. So it's almost like you have this flow of creativity going through you and there's nothing blocking it. 
whatever creative is happening, you're not even almost responsible of it. It just happens. It's just like... So that is divergent thinking. But convergent thinking is when you sit by your piano, you have this inspiration, and suddenly you think that is not complicated enough music theoretically. This arrangement is not working. So you start to take your things, what's coming through you, and you start to analyze them. You take facts that you think are true about the world and how music works, and you start putting those into uh, pieces. So you take your ideas and you analyze them critically. And what we do usually is that we do these two divergent and convergent thinking same time. But the issue is that uh, when we do them same time, we are blocking the cycle of creativity. So I have this uh, idea of doing that in three sections, three sections of action plan. And when I started doing this personally, it really changed things for myself. So what I do is, so cause time is limited for all of us, you need to time block. So are you familiar with time blocking as a concept? Not not very much. So do, do tell. Okay. So time blocking is basically where we uh, go to our calendar and we see a certain time period and we give it a name, a concept. This is what I'm going to do for two hours. This is coming out to for three hours and you plug that in your calendar. So it's basically the idea that let's say that you are a person with a lot of family and you have children and how do you find a time in that time, you know, to just to be creative. So what you need to do is time plug, find an hour. Let's say hour is pretty simple time amount to have. So let's say if you don't have two hours or three hours, you start with an hour, even half an hour, even half an hour. And you put, let's say Monday, an hour, I'm going to do divergent thinking. So Monday, hour, divergent thinking. So you're just literally writing, composing, uh, being on your door, just creating without any judgment. Every so- every time you do have the judgment, you need to go back and just say, no, <laughs> no, I'm not judging that. I'm not deleting that. I'm not stopping. I'm not preventing myself of saying that's wrong. There's no wrong in creativity. There's no failure in creativity. That doesn't exist. It's only in your head. And that's why now you go need to go back to the step one of workflows. And then if you start really being mean to yourself, you need to really look in like, have the certain sentences that you prepared with your therapist to say, what, don't be mean. <laughs> just let myself to create an hour, just full creative flow without judgment. Then let's say in Tuesday, we have convergent thinking. Okay. So in convergent thinking, You take what you did on Monday and you look at, with kindness, (laughs) you look at it and you think, oh, wonder what I could do with this. Okay, you start putting pieces together. You maybe, example, create an arrangement. You know, you start putting things together, but maybe it doesn't need to be ready yet. Next Monday, you go back to the arrangement, divergent thinking, idea, 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 idea. Next Tuesday, convergent thinking. You take what you've done and you start sculpturing. After a month, you have a song because you, you know, you've kind of gone through between those things. A third thing that we also want to adapt to add to all this is learning new stuff, right? So you had your idea, 
you sat down, you start uh, doing convergent thinking and uh, divergent thinking at the same time, you get confused. And then you're like, you see your new plugin and you don't, you feel uh, maybe insecure because everybody else knows how to use this plugin and you feel like, oh my God, I need, I'm like a I'm uh, not good enough producer because I don't know how to use that. Oh, I need to learn exactly now how to be uh, to use wavetable synthesis or something because without that, you know, I'm not enough uh, as a producer or as a musician. You know that feeling like you start saying that you're not good enough. So then in that moment you start learning and obviously learning takes time, so then you didn't create anything. You just learned. So Monday Convergent, Tuesday, Divergent, Wednesday, our learning. Separate that to another day. So you have that time that you are selected just to learn. So when you do the Divergent and Convergent thinking, you focus only things that you already know. And then you give yourself a permission to learn new stuff on Wednesday. That means that on Monday and Tuesday when you're creating, you're not, you don't have that, oh, I'm not enough, oh, I'm, I'm a bad producer, or all that, because it's kind of like your plan and your structure has given you that, like, no, <laughs> that, like, I'm not bad, I just have a dedicated time for learning. And then also it gives you the realism, if you only have one hour to learn every week, how could you know everything? And also, nobody knows everything. <laughs> Like, what more you learn, the more you understand that nobody knows anything, <laughs> really. The more there is to learn, always more and more and more to learn. I became Ableton Certified Trainer and then I just understood after became Ableton Certified Trainer how much more there is to learn about Ableton and I will never learn everything. It's impossible. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so that's the that's literally the key for it is that you will never ever learn everything. And that's why give yourself a break, you know, learn once a week, you know, and that's enough. And focus on things you already know and not things you don't know. Oh, so much good stuff there. So so phase two, we're going to split up our time between divergent thinking, uh, convergent thinking, and learning. So um just kind of having different mindsets for each and and not being critical where we're not meant to be and uh, and uh, and yeah giving ourselves the freedom to just create so love that so we've gone to psychologists we're working out our our, our all our issues and things and we've got our, <laughs> our psychology plan and then we've got our action plan with uh, with our time blocking and then where do we go to next in the creating part of it? So the next thing is our workflow of uh, like creative workflow. So let's say we have um, divergent thinking moment. Personally, what I have done a lot is I actually go to my YouTube channel and also my website to download. I've created actual workflows, a lot of them, which are example, seven step, 10 step, you know, <laughs> 20 step. There's actually one that is have 40. So you create yourself a plan or you go to my website and download one uh, for yourself and you follow it without judgment. Remember, no judgment. You're just creating. So if it says create drums, you go to your door or wherever you create drums. Next, you create synth. Next, you do this. You just actually just go through it step by step. And 
in the end, you will have a song. Will you like it? Will you not like it? That's not the question. <laughs> the question is, you have completed something. You have created a track. So example, if you are a person who struggles finishing tracks, this is the way for you to go. But so that you can actually fully feel confident to go to one, one step 10, you need to understand the first type of workflows that we already talked about, the psychologist as well as uh, the action plan. Because if you just go to step three without the step one and two, you will struggle finishing those steps because in those steps you will feel, oh, I'm not enough. Oh, this is bad. Oh, I still can feel complete, uh, just feeling of compl uh, accomplishment just because I feel like this is a bad song. I feel overwhelmed. I'm trying to learn same time as I'm trying to create. So then obviously, if you're trying to do everything same time, it might be very hard for you to even complete these steps. So be kind to yourself. That's okay, normal as well. It's very normal. But in this point, either you uh, follow uh, steps that is given to you, especially if you can finish songs, or if you already have a song idea, then maybe you create yourself a plan. Literally write it down. Write down a very realistic time schedule. How are you going to make this song? And plans can change. It's not instructions. Instructions are rules. These are not rules. These are plans. Plans can always change. And that's the great thing. But also give yourself that. It's okay that the plans change. Because like, especially if it's inspiration that changes them. That's awesome. Like, go with that. But you can always come back to the plan. When, you, when the inspiration is gone, you go like, okay, now we go step number seven. <laughs> and it really will help you just creating plans. Plan, plan, plan. Create a plan for your plan to create a plan. And honestly, it's great. <laughs> Changes your life. Okay. Um, okay. There again, like so many great little bits of wisdom there to kind of create a create a plan. And I guess we have planned three times. Personally, I will say as well, I've had a look at these um, workflows that you've put together, Lena, and it's been so, so helpful. So um, for our listeners as well, we will put a link to the workflows in the show notes. So um, do download them. And whenever you're stuck in, in this third third step, you can always go back to Lena's plan and then um, get some inspiration from there. So, so yeah, we will do that as well. So there has been so much good stuff there, Lena. And I feel like a really new way of looking at workflows. I've never really come across it and talked about this way, which is really exciting. And um, so much of this, I'm very excited to kind of put into action myself. The first step, especially, I think uh, seems to trip everyone up right at the start. <laughs> it's literally the first step is like the one that is the hardest because people think there's such a stigma talking about therapy. There's so much stigma about mental health. And personally, I've taken the like, what more we talk about it openly, what more we kind of realize that we are all in the same spot. We are all feeling insecure. How successful you are, you still feel insecure. I'm writing a book about insecurity, feeling extremely insecure about writing the book about insecurity like <laughs> you know what I mean it's like we need to become very realistic and realize we're not special in our insecurities 
We need to realize that we are not special feeling shit <laughs> like about many things. So it also, you have the right to feel that way because a lot of us have experienced a lot of things. And especially if you have traumas from childhood or whatever, it's okay. You're allowed to feel those and you're allowed to take your time to figure them out. But just kind of remember that you're not alone. Like we all go through our own journeys. And that's why in what more we talk about it, what more vocal we are about it, and we hear our each other's story, the more realistic uh, these scenarios become and the more we understand we are not alone. And that's extremely important to realize that we are we all feel this. Yeah, no, very good point. And um, yeah, I mean, when we were talking about production workflows, I was not expecting things to get so psychological, but, you know, <laughs> I, I feel like you've really um, got getting to the crux of of the issues there and and given us a really good uh, place to start with those things. And before I let you go, because I feel like there is a lot more we can cover on here, which, mm. uh, you know, if, if we maybe we'll need to make it another episode potentially. <laughs> but before we finish up, I would love to hear if you had one piece of advice for musicians that are kind of feeling a bit stuck mm-hmm. and I know you had lots of good stuff uh, there and and following that would would help someone so much is there a way to kind of uh, bring it down to to one specific thing that might help them to kind of get into a, a better workflow yeah I would say that trusting the fact that there's no right and wrong science is right so how signals work, how compressor works, how all that, that's, that's right. <laughs> like, it's really hard to argue against that. Anything else is just opinion. So as RuPaul says, you know, you're born naked, rest is drag. Like, that's how it works with creativity as well. You know, we have what we have and the rest is expression. So trusting that and figuring out how you can trust that, I, I know it goes like a, in like psychological aspect but I would say that it's the best thing you realize is that there's literally literally no right and wrong so whatever you do just do whatever go to the level of a child and just play music is about the word playing means having fun pressing buttons with colors making sound being a child going "Ah, crazy like (laughs) That's that's the point of playing and understanding there's no right or wrong on it, just having fun with it and, you know, you can't do wrong. I love that. I love that. And, th- yeah, we come across this so much as well, um, uh, even in MPW where people keep asking, like, have I, have I done it right mm-hmm. when it's just something uh, about their creativity? So um, stop judging others. Also, don't say that others do things right or wrong or that they're, uh, if you don't like their music, it's not wrong music. It's just not your taste. (laughs) So being kinder to others as well as yourself when it comes to creativity, I think is like makes a bit better world. Yes, for sure. For sure. Really a good thing to mention there as well. And before I let you go, I mean, there's been so much good stuff that you've shared with us. And if this is kind of what you're going through in the book, like 
I'm so excited. And this is exactly what it is. <laughs> okay, well, sign me up for a coffee. And um, is there much you can tell us about that? I know you're kind of maybe can't share all the details with us, but is there anything that you, you can tell us about this this very, very exciting book? I can say that all these topics will be covered there in very much more in detail. I can say that it will come out in the next year-ish or so-ish. Uh, but so that you can uh, actually follow more on my stuff, if you follow my YouTube channel, there will be a lot more content like this coming up in the future times. There might be a podcast about this topic. There might be uh, all kind of more stuff, stuff, stuff. So if you follow my channels, you will get to know first when it comes out and you will get first a lot of other stuff as well, uh, like before it. So that's what I can say. I can't say like exact dates or <laughs> anything. <laughs> no, that's very, very exciting. So I will say as well, so do go to uh, Lena's channel. LNA does audio stuff on YouTube and subscribe. We will put a link as well in the show notes and, um, you know, in a year's time or whenever <laughs> the book is out as well, we will put that link uh, in this episode as well because it's, uh, yeah, it's sounding like really, really invaluable information is going to be covered in there as well. So thank you so much, Lena. It's been such a thank pleasure <laughs> and super excited to to share this with our audience. And yeah, is it is it a busy day for you today? Yes. <laughs> Very fun. Yes, as always. <laughs> Oh, it's been such a pleasure. And um, yes, I know around all of the other things that uh, that you do, um, I better let you go. But thank you so, so much. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you. You too.